pack up all your dishes Make note of all good wishes And say goodbye to the landlord for me But some bitches always bored me Throw out them L.A. papers And that moldy box of vanilla wafers Adios to all this concrete Gonna get me some dirt road back street I can just get off of this L.A. freeway What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace. And I'm Tyler Short, and we are doing another special episode today. What's special about it? Who's here with us, Tyler? My buddy Scott, who uh, I've known for... God, I really should have thought about this before we started, but since like 2007, <laughs> 2008, I want to say. Seven, eight, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott's one of my few buddies around Louisville that I can talk to about uh, country music and folk music and shit. So it uh, it just made sense if we were going to have another guest on to have him on to bullshit about the way he got mm-hmm. into that kind of shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, Scott, how uh, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, excited to talk about music. Fuck yeah, yeah. man. Well how uh are you are is your connection to music like this like rooted in like what me and brian kind of have found with anybody we know who's into this kind of stuff it starts with your parents um uh were your roots or did you come do it on your own uh more came to it on my own um i've had a lot of music in my life like a lot of people will say I listen to everything and it's always kind of annoying, but (laughs) I truly have always kind of listened to everything. Um, I mean, I remember listening to Elvis record with my mom at the same time appetite for destruction flag was hanging on the half wall between my living room and my kitchen, you know? Um, but kind of the same way I came into punk, you know, just kind of happenstance, um, friends being in the right places at the right time and showing me the right music. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with country music. Um, we listen to everything from Merle to Alan Jackson and the truck with my grandparents. And then, you know, that kind of spiraled down to, Hey, you should listen to this or check this out or found this cool record of your ecstasy. And, you know, just, that was just kind of the spiral, always kind of looking for something new something um a little more punk or something a little more underground yeah um i mean i definitely heartworm highways was a big influence on me i found that rare very very young uh before anyone i knew talked about it um so and sadly uh from that i fell in love with more towns than anybody else um, mm. Steve, Steve really wasn't on my radar until like maybe the last 10 years, you know, um, other than like Elijah's church. Um, you know, Guy, uh, Guy Clark is probably my favorite songwriter now, but kind of the same. I didn't really truly fall in love with him until 
the last 10 years or so, you know, but I've had that deep rooted love for sad country music or people call it Americana or folk or whatever. So, um, I kind of don't get caught. Yeah. I don't really get caught up in the the titles of things, you know, kind of that Tyler Childers approach when he was like, Americana ain't no part of nothing. You know, he's like, I play country music, you know? So, uh it's it's all kind of country or it's all kind of folk you know yeah. so just people writing good music that's what i look for and when people you, ask me what i listen to did you ever have the thing when you were getting heavy into punk and hardcore where you felt like country music wasn't like cool to listen to oh so you yeah kind of push that yeah. music away and I've, I've, because i've definitely I've definitely had the shows where I showed up in my my boots and my town shirt and like, what the hell is this? But I've also showed up at underground country shows wearing uh, another mistake shirt or, you know, a knock loose shirt or a death threat shirt. And they're like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? So never really found, you know, like never really had a mold of a particular genre, you know, just whatever caught my ear or whatever caught um whatever felt real to me is what I always gravitated towards. You know, there's there's bands that friends of mine love and I absolutely hate and they don't understand it. And I'm like, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so I'm yeah, sure just, most people are kind of the same. One thing me and Brian talk about uh a lot is like the way the way your music taste shifts a little bit as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um there's that time or for at least me, at least when I was a teenager, where I didn't want in, I didn't want to listen to anything that anybody else had heard of. So the idea, yeah. Of, yeah. the idea of music like this just didn't really appeal to me as much because it, I guess, to to borrow a modern term, it seemed washed to me. It seemed like it was, it was for people who, um, I don't know, who just weren't radical or anything like that, and as I got into like my mid twenties, I started to realize how I didn't care how music I liked was perceived by others. Yeah. So it kind of opened me up to be more open to things. And then I realized there's tons of radical ass country music that is super challenging to all the things that I thought country music was pretty, um, you know, I guess like really nine 11 fucked everything up. In 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 many I, ways, uh, in multiple ways, yes. I sadly, I feel like I didn't hit that phase of not caring until my thirties. So, be lucky if you're grabbed it a little bit younger. But yeah, I mean, I had. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot today. But I had a very heavy disdain for Southern rock for most of my life. Mm, I, I, because we live in Kentucky. I mean, I remember. Yeah, I remember looking at Copperhead Road, the just the aesthetics of it being like, this is not going to be for me. Mm-hmm. And just not even giving it a try. Loving Guitar Town and being like, bah, is not my thing. That's you know, so and uh, yeah, same with Drive By Truckers. I mean, what took me to Drive By Truckers was Jason Isbell. I only listened to the songs that he wrote for a long that's crazy. And it, it, it took a, it took several of my friends being like, "How do you not like this band? They're one of my favorites." And like, "All right, I'll check it out." And being like, "Oh, this stuff with the riffy guitar is just as sad as you know some of this other <laughs> stuff that I love." <laughs> yeah. Well, and about the truckers too. We'll talk about it 
in a, in a little bit, but I, I really just reflect all the time. Their name does them no favors. It's no. a terrible, it's a terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause um, this, this was taking me back to first hearing them. And I was like, that's the corniest shit I ever heard. And I think I, I feel like I avoided to, to same as you, Scott, I feel like I avoided some stuff that I really ended up deeply loving for a while, just because the aesthetic was like, it looked dumb to me. Yeah. Um, or just yeah. things like I, I go to school with this dude and he sucks and he likes this. So I'm not even going to give it a chance. And not, you know what I mean? And like, I was like, that was saves the day for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this girl who was a bully to me in high school um, was wearing a saves the day shirt in her yearbook photo, avoided him for years just because I didn't like her. Um, have you, have yeah, you, uh, she, have you, has she apologized to you, Tyler? Did you find her ever again? I almost just dropped her full name on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just without thinking about it. Not that it matters, but I just think that's about how sad, pretty that's pretty rude. How sad it is to have somebody because there were so few like punk or hardcore adjacent kids in my high school. And I'd to be like to to have one of those handful of kids there and for them to be like a dick to you. It's, well, it's she wasn't like, a bully. <laughs> she was just too cool to talk to me ever, oh. like even be like my friend. And I was friends with all of her friends and just high school's fucking stupid, man. I was not cool at all. So yeah. like it was very whack for her to not be like at least nice to me because I was just a loser. So whatever. People are nicer now, man. I think that's I something. No, it's true. It did. Yeah. It, I, I think the and I, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it, at least in hardcore, the the hazing bullshit that I think a lot of people our age went through, not that it never happens anymore, but there's a lot less of it, I uh, find, yeah. than there used to be. And I, I think overall, that's a good thing. Um, although I'll, you know, I get annoyed every once in a while, too, at like a young kid saying some shit that they being, don't know what they're talking about. But being the most. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I also know, like, I, there's no like gatekeeping you know, I, being made to feel like I was a like dork because I didn't know about a certain record. Um, that's not a, it's not something I needed. It was much better when somebody would just be like, oh, you haven't heard that? Let me make you a tape versus mm -hmm. oh, you haven't heard that, blah, 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 you know? And especially when you zoom out into the bigger world and realize nobody gives a shit. This is something that, you know, uh, just a, a fraction of us truly love, which is part of why it's so special, right? Yeah, and, um, and we are such a fraction of the world. Oh, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I so so you know, getting to know your relationship with country, I will, uh, for the audience's sake, I will introduce Scott and my relationship in a little bit. Um, Scott was one of the torchbearers for booking hardcore shows in Louisville for quite some time, just to give some context to why, uh, why I've known him for so long and why I value his opinion as much as I do. It's not just because he uh, made hardcore happen in Louisville for like 10 years, but um, it's, it's because he cares deeply about music and, uh, and, and is, is a, enthusiastic participant in um in in music and enjoying it in, in culture in general um and he's open-minded he's all he's he's always been so open-minded to new young bands and um i there's so many people playing in bands today that i'm still friends with that i met at shows that scott booked while they were playing in bands that no one's heard of 
and um still no one's heard of like um and it's 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 that kind of attitude that I really appreciate in people and in general and I just thank you Scott for coming on the podcast and for uh doing your homework for it and being a enthusiastic yeah. participant in uh music still to this yeah. day um yeah. but mean, yeah I mean the 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 first show I think I ever went to that you booked was Bishop and Bitter End oh I think that was the yeah. first show at, um quite a combo at, at Bulldogs yeah yeah I, uh I just um, came to see Bitter End and I stayed for the going back to Saves the Day I stayed for the Saves the Day Bishop cover because by that point I'd come around <laughs> yeah i didn't uh i, I didn't I'm, know I'm, I'm, go ahead man uh, i was gonna say i think i met a lot of people for the first time at that show because i booked that uh show almost as a favor and uh definitely the first bitter end and one of the very first kind of hardcore shows that i ever booked so i mean yeah that that had been 2006 2007 so yeah i want to say it was 2007 ago Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Shout out Bitter End. Shout out, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, Scott. Shout out Ear Ecstasy, Louisville Institution. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I've even I that was a I at the two crazy fests that I had the privilege of attending, that was always a pit stop. Um God, it was such a cool so, building too. Yeah. You never got to see it in the shittier building, but damn, that originally Ear Ecstasy building was a labyrinth was of cool. I have random like pictures. I want to say it was from 2000 or 2001 um, of like middle of the day stretch Armstrong of all bands did like an in-store at your ecstasy that day. Uh, um, and they like, didn't even move the like, you know, record racks like out of the way or anything. So there was nope. just like aisles and stuff in the way of <laughs> coming around. And I'm just, you know, there with my disposable camera documenting things as best i could uh but fuck yeah man it's, That's fucking it's badass it's important to have the places man um that made us yeah. um right on so y'all want to talk about some records yeah let's talk about some records scott you want to go first sure. and tell us what uh what record you brought us today and why it matters to you uh brought guy clark's old number one hell yes um and this was uh, a hard choice because I almost um, almost cheated and picked Keepers, uh, which is like a compilation album he did. It's a it's a live out it's a slash best of album. Uh, it's the old number one is picked because I do love this album, but it's hard to pick knowing this guy doesn't necessarily love this album um guy doesn't love this yeah, album guy, i didn't know that uh guy doesn't love his first five albums <laughs> um guy was a folk singer who got pushed into uh kind of nashville stardom and uh he uh all he ever wanted to do was stand on stage with just him and his guitar and um and yeah, I mean, the song has, I mean, this album has some amazing songs on it, but yeah, listening to it, I just, I felt like I had, I could have more to talk about with this album. You know, it's not the album that's my favorite. It's not, it doesn't have my favorite song, but it probably has the most history behind it. Mm -hmm. 
and I do love it. Um, and I know it got brought up on a previous episode, some songs on this that you all didn't care for, and I love, and I want to fight about it. So Yeah. Well, um, I'm ready to fight always yeah, about too. this, but <laughs> I want to say to, it was just surprising to me because I am a relative, I was familiar with this record before you know we listened to it for this podcast, and so was stoked to have an opportunity to listen again. But I am thinking about too, like I know all the way up until the end, because Guy Clark died in 2016, I want to say, like for a few years yeah. ago, pretty recently. Yeah. Songs like LA Freeway were still in every set. Like I remember uh, towards the yeah. end of his career. Yeah. And I wonder like, because that is more of a folk song, did he like that song or did he just feel like it's a hit? So, so I got to play it. He loved the songs. He didn't love the way they were recorded. He didn't want uh, to record with a band. He didn't want to record with a drummer. He wanted to be on stage and just him and mm -hmm. the guitar. He wanted to be a folk singer. Um, and he did two albums with RCA and uh, three albums with Warner Brothers. I might have that reverse, actually. But uh, either way, he did those first five albums. And after Warner Brothers dropped them, he was perfectly okay with it. Um, he stayed in Nashville and wrote the albums that he wanted to write and, and became an icon that way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a he's got a pretty interesting life, pretty interesting story leading up to this album and after. Um, it's just, he's one of those beings, you know, that is, it's just compelling. Like, he's by far my favorite songwriter so had to go with the debut album yeah i mean when we talked about uh him on uh heartworn highways the my the my number one takeaway from that documentary whatever the fuck you really want to call that uh <laughs> mess of a film but uh it has some very cool stuff in it but uh my number one takeaway was just guy clark was the coolest motherfucker Absolutely. Oh, yeah. he's the coolest dude in the, Thank whole, you. the whole thing. Um, I think it was actually Steve Earle who was quoted saying, uh, actually, I'm wrong. It was Vince Steele. He said, Guy Clark came out of the womb knowing who he was and knowing what he wanted to be. Yeah. Um, he, he, just, he just had this aura about him. Everyone gravitated towards him. Like in that Heart Worn Highways documentary, that's guy in Susanna's house yeah, that they're yeah. playing at. You know, yeah. He yeah, um he was always open uh to songwriters and musicians and helped a lot of people along the way. He uh got Lyle Love at a record deal before he ever met him. Um wow. he uh he got Steve Earle's uh first writing gig uh in Nashville uh, before ever meeting him. You know, was just a, a fan of our, the songs that he was writing. You know, mm -hmm. just um, just crazy, crazy how much he loved and appreciated real songwriting. You know, he never wanted to be a star. It was always about the music. It was always about the words. It was always about the guitar. You know, he was he was a. Oh, you can tell maker. how much he loves uh, guitars by watching him work on. I love watching guitar. him work on that guitar, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like a moment of zen. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I, I was going to say, and to that point too, like, 
I, I didn't know that about La Love It and about Steve, but I think it shows in addition to what Guy valued just a lot about his character, where in, in music, in any industry, really, right, when so much comes down to who you know, instead, he was, you know, promoting and helping out people that he didn't know yet, because just yeah. based off of like, I, I hear what they're actually creating. And I love it. And I want more people to hear this and I want them to get a shot. Yeah. And, uh, and that, yeah. A lot of the yeah. people that he mentored and helped out ended up going on to be far more famous than he ever was. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, I even have a pretty cool story to kind of throw out later. Uh, well, I guess I, guess I can tell it now. <laughs> he, I was going to um, say tell it now because we're yeah. about to get into the music in a minute. Yeah. So. Yeah, he um, actually, let's see if I can get into this without messing it up. Um, he was friends with these two songwriters. Um, I have their names here. Pardon me. Edit this, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I told I texted Tyler and I was like I feel like, like I have enough notes that I can write a book like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chips Chip, Chips Monahan he was Chips friends with a songwriter named Chips Monahan uh, and they were all talking about uh, like kind of taking a trip and he was like man you should uh, you should go with us and told him about this amazing beautiful place in Texas that you should go check out with us. Well, Chips never went, but Chips took it upon himself to write a song about this beautiful place that Guy explained to him, and that place was Lukenbach, Texas. And that song ended up getting cut by Waylon Jennings and become basically the defining song. That song's so badass. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, if it was not for Guy Clark, that song would have never been that's um, so cool. wow yeah. that's amazing what <laughs> yeah. a great story yeah that's badass yo he yeah. is i think he, <laughs> he is essentially to to that point too scott like for so many people i think he occupies the role of your favorite songwriter's favorite songwriter yeah. and band whether band. yeah right yeah and yeah. whether you realize it or not the people that you and i'm talking to like you like myself too Mm -hmm. Whether I realized it or not, so many of the songwriters I love got what they did, whether it was like what they learned, their opportunities, anything like that from Guy Clark. And they wouldn't have, they, they either wouldn't have existed or wouldn't have been nearly the same without Guy Clark. Right. Um, absolutely. And if it wasn't Guy, then it was a guy that got influenced. Yeah. Yeah. It was a guy who got, it was a guy who Guy explained a place <laughs> well, to. That song, I mean, <laughs> speaking of, it just reminds me, even though these songs are not even on the same level, but in terms of popularity, do you know that dude, Mark Cohen, that wrote Walking in Memphis had never been to Memphis when he wrote that song? No, really? that's fucking funny. No, I learned that. <laughs> I learned that. Liars, on, dude. I know. I learned that on VH1 <laughs> pop-up video. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. awesome. Well, well, yeah, let's, let's get into I, this record. Let's, let's, let's go around and... Uh, and 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 pick out our couple things to to talk about as far as the music goes. Uh, Brian, you want to go first on this? I'm happy to go first. So I have a tendency with a lot of things. I, I think I've realized through doing this podcast with Tyler that I am very basic. Um, 
Meaning that I think even though my overall taste isn't basic, I tend to like the hits and man, like I, I, I like so many songs on this record, but my standout tracks are LA freeway and Desperado's waiting for a train. Is LA freeway still saying your favorite song? It's still my favorite, but fucking got you motherfucker. I know in terms of doing something different, (laughs) because this is, this is a record that I have, you know, fairly familiar with on this listen, a song that really stuck out to me that before I just liked, but on this listen, I was like, damn, this is so good. Is she ain't going nowhere. Um, Just leaving. The, Yes. The the <laughs> harmony, dude. The harmony, you know, I'm a sucker for like the male female harmonies, especially in that big, big country sound that was especially popular in the 70s. And that chorus just had me soaring. Dude, my, my note on that on She Ain't Going Nowhere is this song is as good as its chorus. So pretty fucking good. Dude, <laughs> hell yeah. It's like it's uh, brilliant. you know who that you know who that is. Who is that? Amy Lou. That of course it was. It really, of course it is. That would have been yeah. my assumption, yeah. but I didn't actually um, look at the liner notes. She is that yeah. bitch, man. Yeah. Absolutely. She had uh there's backup vocals by Steve Earl, Rodney Crow, and Amy Lou among others on this record. What songs so, is Steve on? Is he just in, in the the I I didn't. I, didn't. God, I didn't look into I, any I of the credits on this I shit. Point it out. Yeah, I just listened but, to the record like 30 times. That was my preparation. But there's uh, there's some pretty cool pictures of all of them in the studio. Um, when RCA uh, signed guy to do this, uh, they brought down some producer from New York and, um, of course, brought in the full band and everything. There's some amazing quotes of guy talking about it. He was like, it was an exciting experience. It sounded like shit, but it was an exciting experience. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And um, he uh, he was like, this guy was a nice enough guy, but he was Chris and he was uh, in control. He's like, two things I do not get along with. And uh, they burned through most of the budget and he was listening back and he was like, if you put this out, I'll change my fucking name and do something else. Wow. And, uh, it fired the guy, brought in Rodney Crowell, and they made this album basically remastering demos and for little to no money. That's so, incredible. Sick, though. But yeah. yeah. Dude. Uh... So I had actually picked LA Freeway and Desperados to talk about also. And I even made a note that I was like, I hate that I picked the two most. Uh, the singles. Popular rather, songs. Which, they weren't yeah. even singles. Right. Yeah. They weren't even singles. Uh, Rita Blue that was put out for this album and then they wonder why it didn't blow up. they wonder why you know they couldn't market someone like guy clark but um hey man the hits yeah, are the la hits. freeway yeah yeah la freeway and desperado um both have really interesting stories about what they're written about things that i could expel on but she ain't going nowhere since you brought it up um has a really interesting story behind it as well. Um, it was written about Guy's girlfriend, uh, Bunny, who killed herself. Oh. Um, Bun- Bunny, he was cheating on his current wife with Bunny. He was his long-distance girlfriend. And Bunny was the sister of Susanna, the girl he ended up marrying. And with until the date. 
Wow. Yeah, they bond. They got together and bonded over over death. Like they both kind of saw something in Bunny in them in each other. And uh, yeah, they ended up together. And uh, yeah, there's a whole whole. Suzanne is almost just as much of a powerful figure as Guy is. Um, is she's a really interesting person and and has her own very story. At the the cover of the album is actually a painting of Susanna's that he's standing next to. She was oh, a really? painter and uh yeah, oh. they all uh Guy, Susanna and Towns all lived in a little house in Nashville. Damn, that's fucking cool. That's incredible. Yeah, so, so did you yeah. did you pick uh Desperado's Waiting for a Train because you 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 are you wanted to fight about me not thinking it's it's amazing because I get it's yeah. an objectively it's an objectively <laughs> good song. It's just a fucking downer, dude. Like yeah. I don't need that. Um, I don't need that. I don't need to think about <laughs> existential dread that often. What are you talking? Well, yes, you, you you love it. The thing is, I live yeah, there. I don't need to be I reminded do. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I could work a hard ten hour shift, and the entire time I'm in. In that group, that I can just—that's all I'm in. It's yeah. the saddest, most desperate songs I can find. Yeah, and, you uh, see, I think I just see that I'm gonna be that broken down eighty-year-old, and like <laughs> I don't really like it. Well, so. it's good. It reminded me what it like. It, this is just funny because desperado is used so much in like common parlance or like you know the fucking Eagles song or whatever, and yeah, but not thinking like oh. What does that word mean? It is describing yeah. a truly desperate person who has nothing else, you know? Yeah. And like, that's, so I feel like I have this like, duh moment of like, of course. Um, but like capturing that desperation, because that's the word for it. Like it, it's, it's yeah something really powerful there. Um, and I'm still, Frank, I'm still processing that story about Bunny. Um, yeah, that's fucking dark. Oh, man. Holy shit. These these yeah. these folks all lived some just real dark yeah. shit, you know? None of it's an act. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, Desperado. Yeah, Desperado is written about uh, a guy in Guy's life. Um, Guy's grandmother, uh, who ran a, a hotel in West Texas, Clark Hotel, and also bootleg whiskey out of the back of it. Um, Beast. There Beast. was this uh, wildcatter desperado, some oil man named Jack Briggs, that lived at uh, his mom, his grandmother's hotel. And Jack, uh, Guy's grandfather uh, left his father, uh, left the family when he was seven. And his father was overseas during World War II, so Guy didn't really like a father figure and jack was that father figure mm. this uh guy that never married ended up at his grandma's hotel with his grandma's quote-unquote friend you know right. so um mm-hmm. just uh like like you said in the song he taught him how to drive he taught him how to, you know from the from very young age uh they became very close and this song is kind of like a love letter to him as he got old so yeah jack briggs was a was a very successful oil guy he drilled some of the first oil rigs in uh south africa and iraq and iran 
Wow. And somehow ended up, yeah, somehow ended up in this little Clark Hotel uh, hooking up with Guy's grandma and saying, you know, he's kind of an adopted grandson that ended up writing this really famous song about him one day. Man, that's fucking yeah, wild. Life yeah. is wild. Yeah, straight up, dude. It's That's yeah. so cool, too, because that, that song is clearly written with such care and love yeah and it's yeah. like you just like briefly explaining this guy's life i'm like yeah he really he really nails this description of this guy mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah i mean yeah. okay so maybe i, I like the like... song a little bit more now because you've kind of explained it to me but it's <laughs> Yo, so fucking bummer dude it's just dude. not my vibe tyler yeah. um, is, is is pretty easily influenced if you haven't seen from oh yeah i'm a roll i'm yeah. all over it easy um <laughs> but yeah well let's keep it on the down on the downside and uh move on to talking about la freeway since you guys both had uh had thoughts on it yeah um la freeway is the first guy clark song i ever heard that i can remember i don't know if it, i remember watching heartworm uh heartworm, it's, the, it's the opening song and, on heartworm yeah, so yeah okay so then all right then it for sure it is um but yeah um i love this song um, classic it's a classic song sentiment yeah i mean just uh there's not too much else to say i just love this his songwriting is just insane uh the best version of the song if anyone's looking um <laughs> got put out this live <laughs> got put out this live album in 2011 called uh, songs and stories mm. and he opens up with it and um if you've ever uh watched any of guys live performances you know he likes to kind of cut up a little bit and mm-hmm. he uh throws in little stories and stuff so not as it not only is it more stripped down you know um version of it but he's older he's got that more raspier voice mm-hmm. uh there's a lot more heart behind it i feel like and then towards the end of it he tells the story of the landlord um Dude, one of the things I wrote is, is he's right. Landlords are whack as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but this was also uh, Guy's first success was not from the release of the song, but from uh, Jerry Jeff Walker cutting the song. He came mm. through Nashville. Damn, right I haven't heard he was his about version, to record though. that out. Um, he actually cut uh, LA Freeway and Old Time Feeling on one album. And then huh. From there, Guy was like the go-to songwriter for a little while. Um, Damn, what uh, what yeah, record? Uh, what, what Jerry Jeff record is L.A. Freeway on? Of course, you asked me. As I, I, I was gonna say, because I've been like but, getting more into him recently and like really, really liking it. But I think I've only listened to like three records. It is on his yeah, self-titled album, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's Seven gotta be an old one. But yeah, um, the guy tells this really uh, cool story about uh, when he lived in L.A. Um, I guess they were traveling back from a gig or something like that, and he fell asleep in the car, and he woke up, and they were on an L.A. freeway, and he looked around, and he was like, if I can just get off this L.A. freeway without being killed or caught, and he was like, wow, I should write that down, and he grabs Susanna's <laughs> eye pencil, uh, he grabbed Susanna's eye pencil and a hamburger wrapper and wrote it down. <laughs> and he kept that. He kept that for two years before he got to Nashville and then finished the song. Um, 
Holy shit. He didn't even write that's that song. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's so a, then he's he's just Go ahead, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say that he's had several uh times where he's talked about that, like as a songwriter. <clears throat> sorry. As a yeah. songwriter, if an idea pops into your head, you have to write it down because if you don't, five minutes it's gonna be gone. You know, yeah, I fucking I can exactly back that idea. <laughs> I, I write shit while I'm at work all the time. Um, well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna bring up my uh, my 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 first thing to talk about on this record and the first song that that jumps out to me, which uh, I told Scott because we talked. He he was thinking about Texas Cooking as well, and because uh, I had said that it's my favorite Guy Clark record, um, but my favorite Guy Clark song is on this record and it's texas oh. 1947 mm. i'm a sucker for really? about trains man i love yeah. it my grandpa man <laughs> i can't i can't i can't get over it and and straight up like um it hasn't it hasn't come out yet it'll be it'll be the episode that airs that comes out before this one um but when we talked about the mountain i talked about my grandpa who you met scott mm. and actually told i think I, I think i talked about you running into my grandpa at, uh at best buy that one time yeah um because he passed yeah. away during during cool guy and um and man it just i'm a sucker for songs about trains i think uh i think this this is my favorite guy clark song hands down it's just it's got such a visual uh aspect to it the chorus is so cool the way it kind of like cranks it like you really feel the train coming like yeah it's it's so it's so cool and i just you the way he like much like when we talked about um um fuck what's the um the 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 bruce springsteen song on nebraska about getting the the secondhand car oh um, used car used car yeah i couldn't think of used car <laughs> for a second but yeah like much like much like talking about used car like just this capturing this like this aspect of american life that you can so yeah like vividly like picture in your head of you know trains aren't running on coal like they were like they're running on different kinds of like they're faster they're they're streamlined like this idea of this new thing coming through and nobody's seen it yet because there's no fucking tv or any of these different things and you had to just go down and watch it happen yeah that's just so fucking cool that's such a cool thing to write a fucking song about and um yeah. And yeah, man, it's just fucking awesome. And you know, harmonic on the track, give me a fucking break, dude. It's so good. It's so yeah. fucking good. I love the harmonica <laughs> there. Yes. Oh, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to think you guys got anything more on this. I got one more thing I've got to say about it, but I mean, I just have to shout out again the the killed or caught line because that is back at to, to LA yeah. Freeway, knowing that that's the first thought that came to him, because that one is the one that stuck with me. And I've just realized as I like, I'm a big fan of Richard Buckner. I don't know if uh, Scott, you've ever listened to any Richard Buckner, but um, if you. Sounds familiar, but yeah, I can send you some recs. If, right if you like this kind of stuff, I can guarantee there's a few things you'll yeah. like, but I, I realized oh, now yeah. I heard Richard Buckner before I heard Guy Clark, just as, you know, as I'm getting into music and he references this line in one of his songs and it's oh, like wow. a, it's a clear nod to guy clark that at the time yeah. i didn't even pick up and then later once i was getting into guy clark i was like holy shit so it's more proof of like 
he's your favorite songwriter's favorite songwriter every time you know that's amazing yeah, yeah. i still haven't checked yeah. him out i've got it downloaded on my ipod but i still haven't gotten around to listening to it because yeah a, let me know what you think a bad friend that that's um, true no yeah <laughs> there's one thing that's true um what else you got on this one, Tyler? My, so I'm I'm talking about last songs on this on this episode, dude. Mm. The last song, "Let Him Roll," song fucking rocks. Oh dude. man, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so the, fucking cool. Just the storytelling, the storytelling. Yes. I mean, Guy Clark overall is just a masterful storyteller. Mm-hmm. But this song in particular, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit, the first time I heard the song, I wept. Like it's this song, yeah. like. It hits, and it yep. sucks because Johnny Cash covers it and butchers it. Um, really, it's one of the worst you, covers. You can do that. Sometime. It's one of the worst covers in the world. Like it's very upbeat and eighty. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, if you want another interesting little story. Um, so I got really into God, obviously, and I watched all these little videos on youtube and stories and stuff like that so i knew this story but i told i know i told you tyler uh so i'll bring it up here as well there is an amazing documentary out now that came out last year uh called without getting killed or caught um so it is online I pulled a lot of my stuff from from this literally just sitting down and watching it uh, narrated by Sissy Spacek uh, Ooh, uh, from the eyes cool. of Susanna. Yeah, it's really good. But um, so let them roll. Uh, and the time that Hounds was living with Susanna uh, and Guy in Nashville, Towns and Susanna had this very special relationship uh, that went uh, very uh, beyond friendship. Um, I've heard and about this. They. Yeah, so, I mean, Susanna literally said, on, you know, on my wedding day, you know, me and Guy were married, Towns and Guy were best friends, but I and Towns were soulmates. Like, it was, it was a very messy thing. But anyway, so they were living together, of course, you know, Guy's this stoic West Texas badass, and Towns is more of this, you know, softer, you know, more gentle type, and they're sitting at a table talking and guy said that they were like talking over his head, like kind of making fun of him and stuff. And then guy's drunk and gets all pissed off, but he grabs a bunch of wood and just walks right past them and nails himself into one of the rooms of the house. Like in the middle of them making fun of him, he just starts throwing the hissy fit and he's like, whatever, nails himself in this room, couldn't get out, had nowhere to take a piss, but... <laughs> But in that room, he wrote Let Him Roll. That's so, pretty like, shit, uh, man. That's pretty fucking cool. That's fucking awesome. If you get writer's block, just literally, yeah. you know, literally, board yourself yeah, up into yeah. a room. Yeah, board yourself in a room. And don't, you can't leave, so you fucking get over it. Yeah. Um, one, thing, one thing I pulled from this, because, again, like, Guy Clark is, uh, is somebody I came to after listening to all of the people he influenced. Um, but uh, a guy my dad turned me on to that I like a lot and me and him have gone and seen is uh, Hayes Carl, who's another another Texas yeah. guy. He fucking Funny. like he a lot of his songs are in this vein of let him roll. Mm. And uh, 
I hear how much Hayes Carl like learned how to write songs. Like, I mean, Steve Earle even credits Guy Clark for teaching him how to write, write a story song. Yeah. So like, I, I hear a lot of, uh, of what, of what Hayes Carl pulls from Guy Clark in this song. And uh, my last thought on this record, and then I, 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 I'm, I'm ready to move on to, to your record, Brian is uh, would absolutely be wild if heaven was just a Dallas whore. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like you just die and you're just like it's like a seedy motel and that's it that's all it is it's just a dallas whore that'd be fucking crazy right yeah nice. yeah, yeah. It would that was my thought that was my thought listening to that song for I, probably like the 40th time like I think I wrote that at like <laughs> three in the morning the other day at an overnight shift. I was like, man, it'd be wild if heaven was just a Dallas whore. That's incredible, Tyler. What an observation. I see the, this is, this see is the who you've agreed to do a podcast with. It, it, remind, it reminds me of when, did you ever see on old older SNL when Chris Farley was on, when they would do the Chris Farley show? I don't know. I, I highly recommend it. Basically, it's just it's him with you know legit celebrities because I remember this one. Is this the interviews? The awkward. Yeah, he interviews Paul McCartney. Yeah, and it just goes like his questions are all like, "Do you remember? um, Yeah, like when when you're in the Beatles. The Beatles. (laughs) That was awesome. Be like, yeah, that was awesome. awesome. But at one point, the last thing he goes is like, uh, "When you wrote in the end." the love you make will be the love you take. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) That fucking rocks. I've always laughed at that. Oh, that's fucking sick. Well, Brian, what record did you bring us today? Tyler, you bring me so much joy. So I brought Decoration Day by Drive-By Truckers. Um, We're going chronologically with the records that each of us have brought today so yeah it works out this way it works out this record is 20 years old now um right and i so i to to give a little backstory of connections with it i heard the previous record first which is southern rock opera which is the one that i think kind of put the truckers made them a name a little bit or at least where i was because i was in Mississippi at the time, not far from where they were in Alabama. Um, so I knew they had been through, um, played around in Oxford and in Jackson. And, uh, but I had not really given it a deep listen. I remember just going like, oh, a Southern rock concept album and thinking that the name and the artwork were corny as hell and just mm-hmm. not really giving it much of a chance. Um, I, when decoration day came out i was still living in jackson mississippi and a friend of mine played me outfit um which was one of isbel's songs that still you know is very much in his um in a lot of his set list to this day and that song absolutely floored me like even on first listen um and i've you know, legit probably heard it another 2000 times since, uh, Tyler knows this outfit is, uh, is the song that when my son was a newborn and I couldn't get him to like, stop crying or go back to sleep. It's one of the songs I would sing to him. Um, and so very, very pointed song to sing to. I know (laughs) I was like, you know, 
<laughs> I'm I I don't plan on running off so that I'll have to miss him, but I I, I really don't ever want to catch him with a bucket of wealthy man's paint. That's for sure. Or Colin is um, yeah. wearing enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's you know, <laughs> it's such good. Have fun, but stay clear of the needle, man. Yeah. You know, like uh, it, yeah. it's just damn good advice. Call home on your sister's birthday. He doesn't have one yet, but he damn well better. Um, if 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 she comes, call on her birthday. But all that said, I knew I had to have this, and so I went to Bebop Records in Jackson, Mississippi. Rest in peace. Um, there's a couple of great stores down there now, but at the time, this was the only game in town. And picked up the CD, and I remember. The first track, being a little weirded out by it, which you're supposed to be because it's about incest. It's got fucked vibes. Yeah. Um, it's got fucked and, vibes. And just of all, it's an, a, <laughs> a very interesting choice to lead off the record because it's creepy yeah. from the start. Uh-huh. But th- So being like, oh, huh. But then as soon as Sinkhole starts, I was hooked yeah. um, because yeah. it, it's got the swagger it's mm-hmm. got the it fucking rocks. It's it's the fucking class consciousness, man. Like the the I always think about the they think I ain't got a lick of sense because I talk slow and my money's spent. Um, and just you know, about about the banker trying to take your farm and that last line, like after murdering and burying the banker on the farm, damned if I wouldn't go to church on Sunday and look the preacher in the eye. Um, and, I don't see anything fucking wrong with it. Yeah, any absolutely. I mean, there's several other songs I could talk about, but like banger after banger, I think it's a long record. There's a cup. I don't have any songs. Too that long. I, yeah, it's it's I don't have any songs that I think are bad, but I have songs that like, yeah, you could cut you could cut a few and still have a damn fine record. Um the Isbel songs are the standouts to me, Outfit and Decoration Day. Um, like, you know, in, a, in an album filled with really good songs, those are like all timers. And so that's why I still get stoked 20 years later when I, and I'm so glad he still plays those songs. Um, but even like little things like that, at this time in my life, I had just recently started playing in a band called Half Acre Gun Room. I had been maybe on two tours at that point. Small potato shit, you know, like out for, two weeks at a time. Right. But I heard hell no, I ain't happy. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm with it. This is, this is, this is my, this is my fucking turn the page, dude. I'm a road dog. Um, (laughs) you know, and so (laughs) I just found so much there relatable. Um, and you know, like the, I think the Isbel songs are the strongest Patterson hood songs tend to go. They all have fucked vibes. They all have fucked vibes. (laughs) And I can tell, you know, you you mentioned this too, Scott. Like, I'm with you, man. Isabel is 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 my my dude. So like the I, I get the sense the records, you know, that he was on because I, I was really debating between, you know, Decoration Day or the Dirty South because I love both, but I went with Decoration Day just because this was the one where I'm like, you know, when the Dirty South came out, I was already a fan, and. I was anticipating it. This record made me a fan because somebody I knew was like, listen to this song. And it made me like literally as soon as I could go out and buy the CD. Um, And so that's why I picked this one. And it was just that very, I was, let's see. So I was 21 when it came out. Um, 
so you can do the math, figure out how old I am now. But um, it uh, <laughs> it, yeah, just at that time in my life, like I was going to school, not sure if I should be in school, playing in bands that I knew weren't gonna like pay the bills, but was like all I cared about because it was the most fun, you know. And and so I, in addition to just being some damn good songs, I get good memories from this time in my life, you know. And this was also the time where my love of country music and my love of hardcore were like super oh, intertwined. Yeah. This this album, this CD is one we listened to in the van on the way to Posse Numbers in 2003. That's you know what I mean? So like, sick. so it's That's like, awesome. I can make those, like, I think I had, this was the point that I was kind of like, you know, I'm not too punk for country music. I'm going to be honest about what I love. And I love both of these things now. And so- that's I, a lot I of, remember having moments yeah. of uh, in the car on the way to a show in Chicago with a buddy of mine. Have you heard of this country artist? I'm like, wait, do you listen to this too? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, check this guy out. And I was like, I've never heard of him. And we listened to William Allen Whitmore. Yeah. Chicago. And I was like, this album rules. I was like, but I will never forget just the feeling of that night, like driving in the night, the windows down on the expressway, listening to this amazing record and that new bond. There's nothing better than those memories. Man, yeah, that must man. be fucking nice. Anytime I put this shit on in any of my bands, everybody gets fucking bored and puts their headphones on. <laughs> Pretty much is miserable the entire time. Anytime yeah. I've listened to Drive By Truckers in, in a van, no one has asked, what is this? That's so funny. <laughs> They've just patiently waited for it to be over. Well, um, I, I'll, I'll, the, the last thing on that, though, just to get back to the record, too, and talking about, like, I think in the stuff before the Isbel, before Isbel was in the band and the stuff after, I have this theory that I don't know about, but it's like, I think Jason Isbel pulled Patterson Hood back from some of his corniest tendencies. Um, because Patterson Hood has written some incredible songs. He's also written some shit that makes me cringe. It's like so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, he, he's he's the real hit or miss for me in, in, yeah. in DBT. Mike I'll, Cooley, I'm pretty much there for every Mike I'm Cooley. there for Mike. Dude, Marry oh. Me is a perfect Southern rock song. It's and, my favorite song on this record. Oh, hell yeah. It's yeah. Got, I, like, I. Yeah. that's one of those like I... I remember sitting down with a guitar and being like, I got to figure out this riff. It's just so perfect. Dude, and the, I will the say, opening riff in that song is, uh, God, what's that classic rock song? Uh, already Gone by the Eagles. Yeah. It's yeah. the it's it's Already Gone by the Eagles at the beginning of it. That's that's the that they, riff. It's they take the riff awesome. and they make it even Their own. better. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the last thing I'll say I is... I literally wrote... Go ahead. I was like, I literally wrote down. feels like a literally that's what yeah, yeah. Like this, and that's what isbel joining the like they had three guitars you know what i mean like they were they were really going for it and i also this was the year i don't know if it was like specifically touring on this record but i think it towards the end of 03 was the first time i got to see them live and uh they brought it and i also remembered speaking of connections and you know tyler and i've talked about 9 11 and the environment after that or whatever um, Patterson Hood had a sticker on the side of his amp that just said, if you voted for George W. Bush, you're an asshole. And um, <laughs> that rocks. And like, but to and had that 
playing in a country band in Mississippi, you know, and the crowd was not all yeah. like alt country with it dudes. You know what I mean? Like there were some people yeah. who were like, what the hell, man? Like I'm pretty that, sure he, he went and played with like the, the striking coal miners or he like yeah. played for them um the black diamond or whatever and he i think went down to alabama where the the coal miners were striking down there and played for them too like i wouldn't be surprised he's a fucking kid yeah as much as his songs like like what you said are hit or miss for me i (laughs) i think he rules and then i just have to say because a shout out to my friend mike parsons from tuscaloosa alabama even though it's not on this record while we're talking about the truckers in terms of mike cooley songs Carl Perkins Cadillac, which is on the next record, The Dirty South, should be the national anthem of this country, not the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Carl That's Perkins Cadillac. So just awesome. I just want to put in that plug. But I'll that I'll stop talking. Scary. I'd love to hear, you know, what songs or or just whatever y'all want to talk about from this record. Yeah, Scott, what do you have on uh on truckers that you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, I, this this record's dark. Yeah, like it is really dark. Um, Multiple I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, those are the those were the two songs I want to talk about. Okay, that, um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> because I'm sure, I mean, y'all might know this record better than I do. But those are like companion songs. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that, I mean, they come after that, each other. So, well, well. It's, uh they're about a mutual friend mm-hmm. that uh that they had had so it's like basically both of their takes like that's amazing uh yeah so the one are obviously very different musically but then lyrically obviously both very non-sympathetic to the suicide so mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting and then the uh patterson divorce trilogy of uh yeah heathens heathens your dad your dad me and uh give pretty soon so we're like that's what he said we're his like honestly i went into this album i hadn't listened to it in a while before uh for this podcast and i had some ups and downs on it but when i first looked at it and it said an hour and three minutes long and i was like you've got to be kidding me but with an hour, with an hour and fifteen minutes long, a fifteen-track album, this honestly doesn't really have a skipper for me. Mm. Like I really love this album. I mean, maybe skip past the first song. I love the opening. Like the musically, it's beautiful. Like it's beautifully written. I hate it, dude. I hate it. It feels real bad. It feels real bad listening to that song. I do not like it. I do not like it. I'm never listening to it again. And it's called The Deeper End. No. No, 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 no. I'm never listening to this song again, man. Straight the fuck up. Like, I will go ahead and say, too, I did not realize that I like Decoration Day as much as I do. I've always thought that this doesn't even make my top five of Trucker's records. Mm. I think it is maybe five now. I think it's 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 eked its way into five because there is so much more here than I thought. But straight the fuck up, there are multiple songs I lose on this one. I hate the punk song. Careless. Really? I hate that. It's song. just, but no. It's I cool, don't man. like the repetitive shit. I dude. loved it. It's way it's, too repetitive. It's two minutes oh. long, man. It just rocks. Mm-mm. 
and 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 we've talked about this there's there's repetitive songs on steve records that i'm just like you know what uh, the fact that this thing is 30 seconds longer than it is like i'm i'm, I'm out but uh <laughs> but yeah i'm out with that one for sure um you know what but, i would do to yeah. make it perfect sorry i'm interrupting you but like mm -hmm. i think to make it easy i'd cut the first and the last track and it would it would open with sinkhole and close Ooh. with decoration day I can't lose the last song. You can't lose Loaded Gun. I can't lose. It's the last too song. weird for me. I didn't. I didn't listen to the last song. Probably maybe the first time I listened to the record, and then when we started doing for this podcast, like it always ended with Decoration Day for me. Dude, and how you gonna how you gonna follow Decoration around, Day? Yeah. But I think, but this I think time Loaded around, the Closet's one of the best songs that Cooley's written, man. Hmm. This time around, I fell in love with Cooley. Like, not only his writing, but his voice and everything. Like, I I really didn't give him as much credit. Uh, as I love his anything. voice. Uh, yeah, before going into this. I mean, every song that he has on this record is, I mean, very top top of the list for me of all Drive-By Trucker songs. So. Right yeah, on. I don't know. I, I really I, enjoyed it. I so I I I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about on this record other than th to point out outfits your favorite song right Brian of course of course it is fucking sucker yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh, I will say this outfits the first Jason Isbell song I ever heard right on um, well, like you heard a damn I, good one before I heard any and, and I thought it was fine I think it's amazing now I thought it was fine at first. Um, but that might have been one of the first that song and hell no I ain't happy were on the pot or were on the playlist that my buddy Paul made me. Um, hell no I ain't happy I have walked away from and this listen I've walked back to. Yeah, I man. I think I thought it was overrated. Mm. I think I was like oh this is the one they play off this record it's obvious because it's catchy or whatever and like um, I definitely walked away from that song at one point and didn't really care for it. I'm I'm back I like it. I like a lot of songs in this record a lot, but dude, like if Loaded Gun in the Closet is a song you can lose, then you need to reconcile with the fact that you're using your wife's Zoom account right now because we do not deserve <laughs> that right now. I'm going to say hey, every man. one of these motherfuckers on this podcast right now is on their partner's That's fucking true. device <laughs> and needed help at some point setting it up. One of us did. Oh, I don't dispute it. Listen, I want to be very clear. I don't mind that this is a long album and I wouldn't lose any of them. But if you had to ask me, Brian, you got to get this under an hour. What would you do? I would trim it at both ends. I yeah. think that's the simplest thing. Oh, dude, no, you move loaded gun in the closet somewhere else and lose, lose one of these other songs. What Carol's else would definitely can be lost? Well, that's only two. Daddy minutes. hates me, bores the crap out of me. Oh man. Um, I like that one too. I don't, he's fucked vibes, dude. All the songs have fucked vibes. He's now, I, I the, either love Patterson Hood or I hate his song. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's it's if I don't love it, lose it. And I think I think you're right. I, I think I think Isbell might have might have curbed his uh his worst tendencies because I'll, I'll after say, this record, I think he gets better. I think Patterson, I, I was about to say some of my favorite Patterson Hood songs are on the next record on the yep. Dirty South. Um, absolutely. Like the 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 I mean, I don't have the names of the ones he writes about, you know, uh, the Alabama boys. Yeah, I mean, boys from Alabama. That putting well, people, well, but the, putting, that gang or whatever. That gang, yeah, putting people on the moon. Um, I mean, god damn. Yeah, just no, he rips. Like, he rips. Yeah, but he rips. on this yeah. on this record, he has fucked vibes, and uh, I, 
I I wrote that multiple times <laughs> while listening to this record. Um, the one thing I will give him though is on Heathens, he says the keep it between the ditches line that we like so much. That's right. He Fuck does. Yeah. I wonder if that's a shout out to Steve. I don't know. Yeah. They do call him the professor. They do. I'd believe it. Man. Well, yeah, you got anything else, Brian? Uh I mean, I I've I ranted could. my I've ranted my feelings. No, I think I think that is all fair. Um, no, because when if I'm being honest and like looking at the rest of my well, one thing too is like I, I told you it was a hard choice to go between. I, I depending on the day, you know, because you had you had mentioned Scott, which I appreciated. Like old number one is not your favorite Guy Clark album, but you gave the reasons why you picked it. I think the Dirty South might be a better Truckers album to me but I picked this one for the reasons that I shared, right? Because of the time, the impact, like how I found it. But as I like, so anything else I would have would be about like, you know, never going to change and goddamn lonely love other great mm-hmm. Isbel songs, other, but, that, yeah. but that aren't on this record. So I think I'm, I'm good. We'll for save them for when Day. we talk about those records at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Most likely yep. when we run out of other shit to talk about. Um, I will, sh- I will share one thing, dude, drive by truckers. Uh, so have, Scott, have you said you haven't seen the truckers yet? No. Okay. So Brian, you saw them around this time. Yes. I think I've only seen them play one song off this record. No, well, two they, songs. I've only they, seen them play Sinkhole and Hell No I Ain't Happy. They've put out fucking I but I'm saying like 12 hours of, of content since the Yeah, yeah. But I'm but I'm saying I've seen them like four times now and i think mm-hmm. i've only seen them play two songs off this record i will also be completely upfront. i was a poser on drive-by truckers at first i went and saw them with my dad mm-hmm. just because the guys in rattletooth used to talk about them all the time and i was mm-hmm. like i feel like i should see it if i've got a chance to i went with my dad i fell asleep whoa it was seated <laughs> it was a seated what year was this it was 2011, maybe. I'm just, I mean, clearly I'm biased, but you didn't get to see him with Isbel. It's just never going to be the same. You yeah, know what I mean, no, I, didn't, like, I didn't, but, but I've yeah. seen and him, it, I've seen him three times since I've been a fan. Yeah. And I've been enthralled. Because Jason was only in the band for four years, and that's for a band that's been together for, what, fucking 30 now, almost, yeah. right? So, but it's just far and away like my fit the only i have songs that i love from their other records but the only like actual albums i go to are the three visible albums really that's um, fucked. I, yeah i, oh, I agree with that I, I put southern rock opera up in my top five for sure i didn't say it wouldn't be in my top five but it would be behind the um, ones. this and okay. dirty south and then um what was the next one called yeah what's the other one um the one after this was a blessing and a curse um, Ooh, that one's got a really good song it's got a lot of really good songs on it it's got a really good and song. they finally slow interesting too so after this just in this then what we should move on for time's sake uh this decoration days long as hell then the next record they put out the dirty south was over 70 minutes and then by the time they got to a blessing and a curse they were like maybe we shouldn't do this anymore <laughs> yeah maybe a nice, we're doing a nice too smooth much. <laughs> nice smooth uh 10 song 46 minute lp um so there you go yeah you got anything more scott before we move on 
uh, no. I mean, the Decoration Day song itself, the story behind it, it's I mean, is Incredible. insane. It's yeah. so I mean, not cool. only not masterful writing, uh, Isabel wrote this three days into being a trucker yes. while on tour for the previous album. And it is, and there's been a lot of controversy about it, and I went down a rabbit hole, and apparently it is based on true events uh, that happened in his life, or well, not his life, but his family. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the song from an opposing uh, viewpoint. Yep. So he's writing about uh, not being in his family, but the opposite. And I mean, I went down a rabbit hole. I found articles from when it actually happened. I mean, I I got really into the song because I don't know, when I first heard it for the first several times I heard it, I thought it was a like fictional Hatfields mm-hmm. and McCoy type song. You know what I mean? Like That's what I, I was blown I was away. To know, yeah. I was blown away to know that it was true at all, and then. He wrote it from the opposite perspective and just everything about it just shows how genius Isbell really is all around. So, but, and the impact he, like he said, like you said, he's only in that band for four years of the 30 he'd been together. The impact that he made on that band and that they probably brought to so many different people. I mean, Goddamn Lonely Love, I mean, probably top 20 favorite songs of all time much less a yeah. trucker song you know so yeah love love that but yeah that's that, all i had um yeah let's talk about trey burt then man yeah that's the record i brought trey burt uh caught it in the rye um or caught from the rye goddamn i'm just gonna mess up the title of the record that i i, I picked <laughs> caught it from the rye yeah yeah caught it from the rye um did i say it right the first time and then say it wrong no you it took you three tries so sick that's awesome (laughs) um fuck yeah you do a podcast with me right you know the catcher in the rye the uh (laughs) i fucking hate that book dude (laughs) i do too but that's not what we're talking about right now (laughs) um but yeah uh trey bird somebody um so when my, my buddy Paul, who I talk about all the time and who I don't think I've ever told I do this podcast to actually, um, well, I haven't talked to him in a while and I lost his number when I broke like several flip phones ago. So, you know, <laughs> just shit that happens to me. If anybody out there knows Paul, you got to tell him. All right. If anybody out there knows me and I haven't talked to you in a while, I don't have your number. anymore. <laughs> Should I just um, say your number on the podcast? <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I get enough spam calls from people uh, trying to buy my mom's house. Um, but uh, so um, over over COVID, um, when things were getting back into being able to hang out with people, but things weren't open anymore, um, we were going over to my buddy Paul's house to watch um, Lovecraft Country with him and his wife. Mm. And one of the times we were over there, we were over there like 30 or 40 minutes before like the show went up. And he was like, you got to hear this guy. You got to hear this new, this new dude. Um, it, I think he's one of the last people John Prine like discovered before he died. Because oh. he's on the Oh Boy Records uh, label that John Prine ran until 
now. I think his daughter might run it now too, uh, or might have been running it at his later days, and then now still runs it. Um, his wife, and a, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I read that but, he Trey Burt toured with John Prine a little bit okay. before he died too. Um, but yeah, so this is somebody who John Prine discovered, and and that was how Paul sold it to me. And he played me. It's it's not on this record because it was just a single that happened around that time. But uh, this song called "Under the Devil's Knee." and it's all about he talks about brianna taylor he talks about george floyd and he talks about eric garner um and it's a really fucking beautiful song and it's written from in a in a way of humanizing these people who were victims rather than just focusing on the tragedy focusing on the person they were um and it's really fucking cool and uh I mean, it was it was nice because it meant that I could check this guy out and know that he was never going to say anything that would make me like rage quit listening to him because I I already know where he stands on important issues that that I care about, which is always my fear when going to see a country or folk artist is are they going to say something that's going to make me want to fucking leave because I'm not a pussy. I'm not going to leave if they offend me, but I'll be bummed out to hear something shitty um and yeah and i just i i heard him and immediately i was like well this sounds like bob dylan and he's like yeah it's like the yeah. only guy who's ever really sounded like bob dylan and um he's just so fucking sick man i just i and then i downloaded this record and if we're talking about how long of a record truckers was man this record's like 20 minutes <laughs> yep it's the opposite it's fucking it's awesome. 27 minutes yeah my yeah. initial wrote notes were Oh boy records, exclamation mark, 27 minutes, two exclamation marks. <laughs> Fuck, this sounds like Bob Dylan. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I man. mean, it's, I had, I had this album saved in my phone, like as like a, to check out later. And I hadn't listened to it until you brought it to me for the podcast. So I'm assuming that I saw that it was released on Oh Boy Records because I'm a huge John Prime fan. Uh, Oh, I mean, as long as I I probably saw John Prime more than any country artist that I've ever seen. I met John Prime, multiple old boy, everything. I, I love John Prime and everything about that record label and what it stands for. So I'm assuming that that's where I saw this uh, this Trey Burt and saved it on my phone among the thousands of albums that I haven't got to yet. So. Um, but I fucking love this record. Everything about this record. Um, I mean, I was kind of floored the first time I listened to it. Um, but yeah, it's powerful for 27 minutes from a guy that I'd never heard of before. The harmonica, the train whistle, the, yes. the crackling of the voice, the everything about it. Oh, dude, his voice crackle is so good. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. He's he. It's it's very very real. It's very authentic. I uh, I might get to see him this summer too, which would be fucking awesome. He's playing a show with Margot Price in Lexington. In Lexington, I'm trying to get Scott to go to with me. Y'all gotta go. Oh, he's on that show. Yeah, yeah. That... he plays the day Margot Price. Oh, because the day before uh, is the day before is Hayes Carl and uh, Del yeah, Murray, right. and then yeah, the second day is uh, yeah. I'll definitely be going to Hayes Carl. Uh, I work on Sundays, and at that point, I think I'll be even working Sunday night shift, so it'd be even worse. So, that sucks. Uh, unless I can get well, the day off. I mean, 
if I can get the day off and talk my wife into, hey, I'm taking a day off to go to two concerts in a row, maybe I'll. <laughs> you know, you never know. Hey, um, I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for you, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you, you think, Brian? I mean, so I relate to a lot of what you shared, Scott, just in terms of I had never heard of Trey Burt from the first couple of tracks was immediately like I wrote what a voice what a songwriter I can hear so much Dylan here which explains why Tyler loves it um that's what I wrote mm -hmm. and then before I was even done with it as I'm still taking notes started looking up everything that I could just to learn more about who this dude is and kind of his story and I now have the ticket to see him in October when he comes oh, here oh um, awesome and he's playing oh, a pretty yeah. he's playing a small room um, in awesome. Brooklyn in October. And so I, I was like, that. let me go ahead and snag one. Um, it's far enough away. I'm going to make this happen. And, uh, cause I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta see this dude. Dude, like, I feel the same way, man. He's awesome. Yeah. Just what I, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the songs in a minute, but I, I, I could see so many young singer songwriters trying to do this kind of thing and it feeling really forced or it feeling mm -hmm. like I'm doing a Bob Dylan impression or something like that. Yeah. And it's what's so, one of the things that's so amazing about Trey Burt is it feels like it, it is, he's not trying to hide his influences at all, but it's also so authentically him. It's earnest. Like it's earnest lyrically. It's his voice, but with like a clear nod to like, his inspiration, the way everything is like huge and understated at the same time. Like mm -hmm. the guitar stuff is, there's no wizardry. It's just like, it's perfectly what accompanies the song. His voice, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I found out he just cut all this live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like the cracks are there, but mm -hmm. like they're, they're perfect. Like they fit yeah. exactly where they are. This was like, it's just been a while since I've had like a total, I haven't even heard anybody talk about this dude yeah. and have it put in front of me yeah. and, and uh, to, to have a, a pure, like, I don't, you know, blank slate. I don't know what it is and I'm not putting anything on this um, and walked away a new fan um, and, and excited to listen to yeah. his other stuff and, and to see him in a few months. That's fucking awesome. I'm glad you're awesome. going to see him because I uh I I'm trying to talk anyone I can. I'm trying to talk my dad into going too. Um we'll see. <laughs> it ain't that far away, right? It's in Lexington, right? It's in Lexington, yeah. But yeah, I but I'm trying to talk him into going both days. I me. see. I was about to say, depending yeah. on traffic, it could I could be in the car for the same amount of time to get to <laughs> the venue True. in Brooklyn as you know. <laughs> <laughs> um well, yeah, so um, I guess I'll start this one out and talk about my first song uh, that I got to, you, you know, you got you Undead God of War, dude. What a fucking song. Yeah. What a song. Yeah. Man. Shit, dude. Best, like, best song on the record. This my is the opinion. song for me. Like, that's it. This is the song yeah. for me. It's uh, um, it's my I wrote it's my favorite Dylan song he didn't write. Yo, I love that. <laughs> I love that. The yeah. rhythm of the song's awesome. Harmonica rocks. Lyrics are unreal. Um, I wrote down some of the lyrics. The conditionally, I spend time in society. Yes, not unless I'm sure my freedoms follow me because some of my friends' troubles hound them constantly. Ju ju the judiciary branch falls off the money tree. 
what Incredible. a fucking line, yeah. dude. That's 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 I I can't I, I can't express how much I feel that. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. I wrote those exact same lyrics down. Yeah. Dude, they're, they're so fucking good in the uh in Mother Nature. I guess she caters to those with white skin. I don't feel well anymore to darkness. I'm returning, dude. Uh, got white skin. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> pretty nice. At no point do I ever wonder if something's not going my way. Well, that's the, as much as it possibly could. That's the way I I explain it to people who you know would deny that such a thing as white privilege exists. Right? I go. It doesn't mean you don't go through rough shit and have a hard time. It means that the reason you're going through rough shit is not because of your race. Yes. You know, like, yes, everybody's working hard. Everybody's going mm-hmm. through shit. But like, that ain't why you're having a hard time. That's actually mm-hmm. saving you from a lot of other hard times you haven't even had to think about. Um, so spot on. And, yeah. and, and to be it's, able to to be, to be able, able to articulate that as a black man, too. Right. Is and with so cool and without it feeling like. I mean, not he would be well within his rights to hit us over the head with something, yes. but it's not right. It's mm-hmm. like in that, like the the, the 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 beautiful way that the point is made. Um, yeah, just a brilliant songwriter. I'm torn between that being my favorite and only sorrow remains. Um, yeah, that line. Thanks. It's a much more simple line, but it just don't feel right to feel right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love I that. I literally one. have that written down. Hell yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it stuck with me. I've been thinking about that ever since I listened to it. Dude, that, that I, what I wrote yeah. for that one is just so fucking Dylan, man. Um, mm-hmm. There's a song that opens yeah. with, or there's a Dylan song that has a very similar vocal melody that I can't, for a second today, I thought it was absolutely Sweet Marie, but I listened to it and it wasn't. And I can't figure out what it was. Or if maybe it, is a song that i've thought of but i'm thinking of a different version of it because he plays Mm. songs so differently on different recordings and and whatnot um but yeah that song's fucking sick that's your favorite song brian man because i've struck out on this one then if that's your favorite i'm now i'm torn between that and god of war man and god Um, of war i thought you'd i thought you'd fuck with franklin's tunnel because of the the, the harmony? harmony yeah well i did the look, harmony yeah i did look up who that is and it's a singer songwriter from sacramento who goes by sea of bees yeah um, i i think i looked that up and then didn't i i listened to a couple of her thing i mean i'm going to be very clear i have not given it a proper listen but it was like this is not trey burt um mm-hmm. so i went back to listening to yeah. trey burt right after but she has a beautiful voice so yeah dude it's it's so cool her it the way it's such a bright song i don't know i really like it but i yeah. thought that one might be your favorite i was i was wrong it, this time well, it's definitely a bright spot but not i don't think it's my favorite okay what you got scott uh same the only the sorrow remains and uh Undead God of War are my two favorite. I Those mean, just powerful songs. Yeah. I mean, Undead God of War is probably my favorite. Um, like you said, that that train horn followed by harmonica. Yeah, man. Song, everything about it is beautiful songwriting. Um, I kind of liked the transition into the last four songs, you know, kind of a couple heavier songs and then 
kind of four very kind of similar bluesy love, chasing yeah. after love, kind of heart heartbreaking and longing for type songs. Uh, Real You was pretty cool. Had a really cool groove to it. I really I wrote uh, I wrote this is the most millennial folk song I've ever heard. <laughs> i like this i i, I realized i was like so. if uh if trey burt is the uh the folk singer of the millennial generation just like uh gary clark jr is the blues singer for the millennial generation <laughs> it's like there's there's the way like the attitude and vibe in some of these songs like old people will hear it and go i don't get it <laughs> are you ca- and you, to be clear, though, you're counting yourself as yeah. part of that millennial. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm a millennial for now. <laughs> I'm see. I always feel left out of these conversations because I'm technically an elder millennial, but I was born right on the cusp of the Gen X millennial thing. And so, some things I relate a lot more to millennials, and then other things I relate a lot more to, you know. Janine Garofalo and uh, you know the single soundtrack and things like that's that. That's pretty sick, though. So yeah, you know, I was I was a precocious child. I watched a lot of MTV. Nobody was, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, yeah, that um, at my friend's house because I didn't have cable. Yes. but we watched a lot over there. Love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I realized I was wrong. I thought I was talking last songs on this whole this whole for this whole episode, and uh, I'm second to last song on this one. Get it by now, mm. blues. The mm. only electric song on this yeah yeah record that it stands out to me because of that. Mm-hmm. And the part where he like kind of howls, I really like that. Yeah, man. And uh, like I don't know, like I, I I think it's just a really smooth song. It's got like. I know nothing about music or anything. I don't know what part of a song it is that the like the guitar changes up in a way that like it kind of gears up a little bit. And every time that happens in the song, I'm like, yes. So, I be- <laughs> love it. In formal musicians, we call that getting torqued. That's what that's like. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to log that and I'm going to say that in front of other people now. Yeah. It, at least I know, <laughs> I, I know Isaac will understand for sure. Um, thanks 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 for that i'm gonna yeah. i i what what i do is i people tell me things i believe them and then i run off and i tell other people these things and then i get stared at so it's fun that's how i would describe it when you don't have a smartphone in your pocket all the time <laughs> um yeah dude um it, yeah I, I just this was like a truly and i i scott you made the point earlier as well like i mean long records even if you really like them are a chore you know what i mean and, yeah. and and there was something about like i could take all of this in and feel like i can really enjoy it and because it's only 27 minutes long i'm not gonna like get interrupted or have to stop or like feel you know mm-hmm. be like is this still on i want to listen to something else um so i feel like in addition to just being a great collection of songs from a brilliant songwriter like he he picked the exact right length for this album. Yeah, man, he's he he's he's sick. But I will say, dude, of all three of these records, like every one of them has something at the perfect point in the record to keep my interest through it. Mm. 
like yeah. from the guy clark record to the dbt record to this tra trey burt record like even though the trey burt record even if you were bored for one second it's over and then now there's another song <laughs> um i just i don't know i think uh oh my god i'm as i'm looking at the back of the record i'm curious if maybe the songs are out of order on on spotify because huh. it definitely has get it by now blues as the last song on the physical yeah. record i was about to say i don't think oh, i'd have to like open it back up and look at the track list that i was listening to i now feel like i need to look at the actual nope and then on the record it says last hurrahs the last song huh so they got it wrong on the art that's cool that's oh <laughs> misprint no, that's fun um he's already put out that's a lot cool of yeah stuff that had the you got that. Yeah, I, I need to. I've I've got it yeah. looking on Discogs right now. Scott's holding up the uh, Guy yeah. Clark record right now. Nice. Actually, I see uh, Brian didn't bring any any RCA. show and tell props today. Nope. Hmm. Not today. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think the only thing uh, I missed out bringing up about old number one was the liner notes. I know how you like to read those, but uh, yeah, we do that when we're doing like the. Written. When we do the deep yeah. the deep dives on things, these are kind yeah. of got to be a little bit well, yo, free and breezier. If you ever Otherwise, do we old, will be here for three fucking hours. Yeah. If you ever do old number one, definitely read the liner notes because they're written by Jerry Jeff Walker and Ooh. they are amazing. Oh, That's hell yeah. Awesome. yeah. Well, That's when we do sick. when we do more of a Guy Clark deep dive, I mean, I feel like, Scott, we got to have you back. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Which More than happy. Yeah, we definitely. So I told uh, Tyler if y'all if y'all do uh, getting killed or caught, Doc, the way you did Heartworm, uh, I'd I'd love to I'd love yeah, to man. talk about it. It's it's one of my favorite documentaries that's ever been made. And I probably watched it ten times already. It came out last year. It's, I mean, it's amazing. It gave me a whole other level of love for Guy Clark. I bookmarked yeah. it as soon as you mentioned it, and. If I can get some time this weekend, that's when I'm going to plan to watch it, if not soon after, because yeah. uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, um, I think I think that's that. uh, that's a logical accompaniment to the Steve Steve Earl Guy Clark record that we'll cover in the future. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I, uh, that'd be cool. This has been fun. This is awesome. Um, if I, I can't remember, it, I don't think we said it, but this is much like if you're listening right now the episode we did with tom sheehan from indecision where i picked a record that came out in the last 10 years and scott picked a record from before he was born and brian picked a record from his lifetime that was the way this was laid out and we'll hopefully do more of these so if you guys like these episodes of conversation between friends sharing music you know let us know yeah I don't think it'll stop us from doing it if you don't like it, but that's right. That's right. It won't, but I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the last episode we did like this got a good response. Um, I've got to think that part of that is because of, uh, you know, Tom is famous. Funny. So I hope, uh, Scott, I hope you're prepared to have your, you know, name on the marquee. Um, well, that's all right. I don't, uh, I don't have social media, so I won't hear any of the negativity. So that's fucking dude bad. that's um, the way it, and but, i what clearly i'll say this a lot of our uh listeners don't either because we don't have a ton of instagram followers but we get we have a lot more people that listen every week 
then follow us, yeah. which I'm fine with because Tyler and I are selfishly yeah. just kind of using the Instagram account as a, uh, you know, like a little bit of an archive for, for the cool episodes shit. to yeah. put up pictures and stuff. But I will say this too, for shout out to everybody that has DM'd um, either to put us onto something. Actually, there's a Tyler, I got a good one about a, a compilation record. I want to talk to you about that. I had never heard of that. One of our listeners asked about um, just this week. So I'll message you about that. Um, or just to say that, like, you're listening, man. It, it, that's the other thing. Cool. Like working people listen. I had so many people talk about, you know, uh, shout out. We have multiple uh, USPS mail carriers, the backbone of keeping this country moving have, have told and me sending that they, my records. That's right. The country. Thank you. Um, Thank uh, you yeah. Have, they've told us they listen while they're on their route. And that is just an honor. That's awesome. So shout out. We, we always enjoy spending time with you all. And uh, yeah, Scott, man, thanks again for joining us. We, we look forward to having you back again. Soon. Yeah. Thanks for having Bye. me. Yes. Thank you, Scott. From. Thank you.